0: on with what we're talking about today. and um, My first question is, has ever, 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 ever anybody annoyed you? Oh, that, that was easy. That was easy. It's not me, is it? There's a, there's a lot of people immediately going, oh, good grief. <laughs> Some people have been annoyed. Right. What's, what's the most popular way of getting your own back? Anyone want to go on that? Come on, let's not be too Christian about this. What's the most popular way of getting your own back? What did you say? Dean? Run them over? Can you agree? This is going out on YouTube. Okay, I did say you don't have to be too Christian. The police may be around your house later. Um, Outside of running them over in your car, which might be a bit harsh, any any other ways in which you would think of um, what are the popular ways that you would, you've seen around you? Go on. Is that again? Hot sauce. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna push past that, but I'm sure I don't quite know where that's leading. Amongst the top few, of this I'm losing this one. I'm much the top view of where this goes. Um, The most popular ones at the moment, uh, send them to, do you have that phrase, send them to Coventry? (laughs) I've stopped, I've stopped this. We're not going any further now. We're now going to try and take you to the right place, all right, rather than giving people ideas on how to get your own back. I will just, I will just, no, really, hands down now at this point grief, I need to get some order. So, um, so basically, not speak to them. Yes, ever, anyone ever heard of that or done that? Not speak to them? Had it done to them? Um, social media insults, that's a really popular one these days. Um, and so you may well find that people have done that to you, or do, or do it, or you are aware of it, at least, these days. Um, so these, these are really, these are very, very popular ones. I did have a, um, a colleague once who got annoyed with her husband, so stopped buying... <laughs> in their favorite yogurts, which I thought, he didn't notice for ages. He said, like, I, I haven't had my yogurts at lunch for lunch for a whole week now. So like, yeah, don't learn, yeah. He didn't even know what he'd done wrong. <laughs> he just didn't have his lunch. But there you go. I, um, when I was uh, about 18, I think it was, I used to play football with my brother, my kid brother, on the park every, every, um, every evening. And um, it was only three of us. For a lot of the time, actually, uh, me and him and it's a small village and, um, and our mate. And the, um, the match descended between me. I, th- I, think it was, I think it was up to him. I think he started this, actually. <laughs> From my memory, anyway. He, he began this. But his attitude was bang out of order with me or whatever. Anyway, I took the ball past him. Rather skillfully, I will say. I took the ball past him and then he hacked me to the ground. Really kicked me in the air and then stood over me laughing, which, thank you, a bit of sympathy there, (laughs) stood over me laughing, um, which wasn't nice, I didn't think, so I thought, what should I do? And so I did exactly the same back, and the match descended into just kicking lumps out of each other while all I'm thinking is I've got to get even with him for everything that he's just done. Whereas my mate, who was actually invited to watch this spectacle of us just kicking each other, uh, probably wondered what he'd been invited to. But brothers do like to wind each other up sometimes, I've noticed. Um, And that was something there. Now, there's lots of ways of dealing with it, outside of kicking each other and outside of whatever you were talking about there, I don't even want to go into God's way has brought a better way. And we're going to have a look at Jesus' parable in Matthew 18, which will come up on the, on the board. There's a previous life on the screens. Um, and then we'll have a look there. So then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And really what he's referring to here is an infinite number of times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had Be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. God's grace, first of all. That's the first section of it. It shows that God, the master in this, wants to cancel our debt. Okay? And so he does. He cancels the debt. And it's done. It's not mentioned specifically here because Jesus hadn't died at that point, but it's done through the cross of Jesus. It's done because, effectively, our sins are transferred onto Jesus at that point and they're canceled off. And the parable is all about how we are to allow the grace of God to affect our hearts. At the start, the master's incredible generosity is brought into view. The debt of sin is so great, it's so huge, that we're not able to pay it. And we see what every single sin deserves. We see that we're sold, or we are to be sold as a slave, But his debt is canceled, grace is offered, and he gets to walk out in freedom. And that's wonderful. And it's usually where we finish with the gospel. But really, Jesus doesn't finish because in this parable, he says, it doesn't end here. This grace needs to affect your heart. This grace needs to go out and make a change. And in this parable, it doesn't affect this particular man. And the purpose of this parable is to help us to deal with people the way God does. Amen? That's what it is. Jesus connected, love. the top command is loving God, but Jesus connected it with loving others. He said, do you want to see how much, you want to measure how much you love God, you can measure it by how much you love other people. Which is quite a thought, isn't it? How much do I love other people is pretty much a good measure of how much I love God. And that's really what's being looked at in this whole thing as well. Because sometimes, I'll be honest, I don't want to forgive That's shocking, isn't it? Your pastor's just said that. But it's hard sometimes. We don't deserve forgiveness. God extends it to us anyway. And so we are, apparently, to extend that forgiveness around to those who don't deserve it. Our hearts, however, have got justice wired on the inside, have they not? Yeah. The number of times as a teacher people stood in front of me saying, that's not fair, I couldn't tell you. That was their biggest complaint. If anything ever went wrong in a classroom and I told somebody off, that's not fair would be the next thing out of their mouth. Because that person was talking, that person was talking, and it it wasn't that they weren't talking. It was that everyone else was talking. It was not fair that these things are there. Justice is hardwired, especially on the inside of us. Forgiveness, however, isn't justifying the act. And this is crucial. Forgiveness isn't saying that everything that's happened to me was okay. Forgiveness is not saying that that's all all right. Forgiveness is actually a completely different concept. So be careful with this. We are not justifying what's happened to us. We're not justifying the fact that we've been wounded. We're not justifying the fact that the person's done something horrible to us. We're not saying, well, that's fine. Forgiveness is very, very different. It's saying that what you did to me does matter, but we're now gonna cancel the debt of what you now owe me. And it's a very different concept. They make you feel owed, that's the problem. I feel owed when you upset me. And forgiveness is when I cancel that debt. You may still remember it, you may still remember it, but you choose to no longer hold that offense against the person. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And it's very, very, very important that we understand how we live it out. As we can see in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus put it bang in the middle. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's bang in the middle. It's a daily thing. Living in forgiveness. Martin Luther King Jr. said forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. That's, that's something, isn't it? That's, that's not, oh, well, I won't do it just every other Tuesday. That there's something that needs to happen. You could say, well, he had quite a lot of bad things that happened to him, and that's true. But he had to continually live in that attitude, and that's basically we're called to be forgiving, not to do forgiveness. Okay? It's an attitude of the heart. It's not an attitude, uh, it's, sorry, it's not something that we do to others. It's something that, where we actually live out. Because forgiveness causes God's grace to abound. Forgiveness causes us to go the second mile. Forgiveness helps us to pray for those that are persecuting us. Forgiveness does not erase the past, but it looks upon it with compassion. It liberates the soul and it removes fear. It helps us love again. Forgiveness causes God's power and love to abound into the world. And these are really important things. In when I was a teacher, as a math teacher, certainly I remember this happening in the early days, I made it a core principle to forgive students who are being disruptive. I had to, or I would have died really, really quickly in the, in the, in the, in the whole thing. And, and I, I literally, every lunchtime for the first year, probably locked the door at, and just forgave every single student that had upset me because <laughs> If I didn't, then after lunch, in the afternoon lessons, I'd have been completely on my knees as more students walked in going, I can't do this job any longer. Please leave my room now. So I had to go through this process, and it was quite liberating, but at the same time, it was quite something that I had to do. And as I did, it made sure, and listen very closely to this, it made sure that love continued to flow through me. Did that make sense? As I forgave the students, then love continued to flow. And therefore, relationships continued to blossom. They didn't come up to me at the end of the lesson going, you know, sir, would you forgive me for the fact that I talked all the way through your lesson eating Mars bars? It never happened once. But as I chose to forgive, as I chose to release that, what happened was that my relationships with the students were blossomed, and, and then they reacted in a far more positive way than me going in a different direction with them. I saw teachers do it without the forgiveness. I, I observed it. They lasted about 12 months. It's, it's quite interesting. They would, they, I mean you know I'm not blaming them. they probably never even heard of the reasons to forgive. I always thought if they gave me an insect to do for the whole school, I'd do it on forgiveness. Because for me, it was such a powerful concept. It was something I'd learned in which I could enjoy teaching rather than endure teaching. Because I wasn't going in. But in the way of, oh, my word, I've got to do this again. I was enjoying the job. And I was loving the lessons. I was loving teaching the students because there was no fear in here. Every time I forgave, the fear disappeared. Make sense? And it was replaced by God's perfect love. Again and again and again. And I'll tell you this, the more you affect people with God's perfect love, the more people change on the inside. Amen? So in the end, what was happening in my classroom, again and again and again, was people were being affected by his love, again and again and again, not by fear, not by, oh, good grief, I don't want to do this again. And and I'm not having a go at those teachers that didn't do it, but they were intimidated by their classes again and again again. They were living in fear of a lot of whoever they were. Oh, here comes Kyle, whoever. Again, oh, not Kyle, whoever. And, and that was it, yeah. It, it, you know, it was like that. It was that. Like, it, it, you've got a Kyle, have you? Right. <laughs> I, but it, that was how it went. I mean, I, Andy, you might have to forgive Kyle, whoever Kyle is. <laughs> um, but forgiveness liberates the soul to, in order for us to live out the life that we're supposed to live. Forgiveness liberates us in such a way that we are called to live the walk that Jesus walked. And that's massive. It causes his power to go out into the world. When we are finding ourselves intimidated, when we are finding ourselves fearful of somebody, it is very wise practice to ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything we need to forgive them of. Just the thought. Because as we do, fear and intimidation leaves our hearts and it is replaced by perfect love. And when you are filled with God's perfect love, you become the strongest person in the room because you live, as we looked at yesterday, with the fullness of God on the inside of you. Not battered, not bruised with fear and intimidation, but strong with God's love. That's the place to be. Forgiveness frees our hearts to love and impact the world around us. Often people only receive the truth about Jesus when they've seen and felt his love demonstrated through us. It's usually that way around. The whole point of the vision of intentionally building community is that our community around us, wherever it's individually or as a church, see the love of Jesus in action. Sense the love of Jesus in you and through you and enjoy it. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That's really where it's, that's what happened with me. I was looking around when before I was a Christian and I was looking and saying, these guys have got something else. They're enjoying a love and a peace that I've certainly not got. And the whole thing takes place in a way then that makes you curious. makes people curious to know what is it that's going on. So let's shine that love. And let's take out the things that cause an issue. Now it's important that we are aware of the little foxes that get into the garden. Sometimes it's not just the big and the things that need to be forgiven. When I was a, a smaller Christian, smaller Christian, a baby Christian, first couple, of, I got I got saved at twenty-two, and. Uh, got married at 26. Now, in the first few years, I had heard a lot of teaching on forgiveness, definitely. But all the inspirational stories were like the big ones, where someone comes off and, you know, and someone chops my leg off, but I forgave them for it. Or, do you know what I mean? There were really kind of massive kind of stories of forgiveness. But no one really ever told me that I needed to forgive people for doing really, really small things. It never came into a, it's it's not a great sermon, is it? The, the small things. <laughs> what is that? You know, they're just tiny things. So I got married at 26. This lovely lady here. 25 years this year, isn't it? That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, the first year went through, and I didn't notice it until probably about, probably about a year into being married. But I did. We didn't. I didn't. Anyway, feel as close to as I did, and I. I noticed it was lots of little tiny things. What? <laughs> it's just, I'm not stitching you up here, am I? <laughs> There's just little, look, I mean, one of those things, we kind of try and make it to 25 years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're nearly there, we're nearly there. Um, when I was, when I, I used to, I, before we got married, um, I lived with three of the lads. I'll call them lads because we hadn't grown up at all. <laughs> um, and we had like this kitchen, which was huge. It was a huge kitchen. And we straight from that, on my uh, wedding day, we went straight into this tiny kitchen. We had a really small kitchen. Um, so, so for a year, an entire year, I'm bumping into Angie. Bit, every time I'm going into I want to go. I'm late for work. And I'm bumping in bit by bit by bit. This is a tiny thing. This must have happened hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. Bump. Nothing, it's a nothing thing, is it? I mean, it really is a nothing thing. You've just literally just bumped. But after a while, every single bump in the kitchen, (laughs) when it hits 700, I think, how many times, Lord, must I? I didn't even think that. I didn't even register it up here. It was just, she's in the way again. And I'm trying to get out to work. And that was all I'm thinking. I've got to get out or I've got to do this. And I used to, when I was a single man, I used to have access to every area of the kitchen that I needed to get to. That's what I was used to. I'm used to that kind of freedom. And now I'm not used to it anymore because it's this small kitchen. We had such a tiny kitchen. It was awful. So, forgive the small things. I didn't even recognize it. It was a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. And God was just saying there's little things which you need to forgive your wife of. Just small things. Just got in there. Tiny, tiny things. You no longer squeeze the toothpaste in the middle, do you? (laughs) But it was tiny. Honestly, it was the tiniest of stuff. It wasn't big stuff. But it were things that had just kind of got in there. Get me right. Honestly, I do far, far worse stuff. We're talking things that just annoyed me. It, that was all it was, and, um, and you can all pray for her in, later, absolutely, and pray for our marriage, I'm sure, but, um, but as far as it was, it was those tiny little things, and I forgave her, and immediately that closeness came back. I, I just forgave those little things that I just, God brought to light, and immediately the closeness in our, in our marriage came back. She protected our marriage completely, just hearing that, forgive the small things, small things. It's not always the big things that cause a problem in a relationship. A lot of the time it's just tiny little things that creep in and you've not even noticed. Ask God, what are the small things? What are the small things that I've also let creep in there? You won't even be aware of it a lot of the time. You need God to just highlight that to you. It's a massive, massive thing That's something that I did learn really (laughs) early days. Um, We we have got time for this, let's just hit this. Very briefly, can you just put the the next slide up? Um, There's been a lot of research on (laughs) Disney. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's just something to remember to let it go, don't worry, don't hold it in anymore. No, the next slide, sorry, I was gonna leave Elsa. Um, (laughs) So a lot of research on um, forgiveness therapy, which is something you can have done if you're interested. Um, And this is what happens as people have therapy done for helping them to forgive other people rather than just having standard counselling. They found massive benefits. Better sleep, more energy. Dear me, who doesn't want this? Healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system and improved self-esteem. I've all come forward from... Um, lots and lots of studies into people who have focused very much their work on forgiveness therapy, and to helping people to forgive the people who have caused them issues in the past. Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. That's science. That's not the Bible. That's just scientific uh, scientific studies that have been taking place. Um, but I like to chuck stuff like that in every now and again to uh, help you to see that um, th- you know these things are good practice. It's good to to work it out. On a spiritual level, obviously, peace, the massive thing, relationship with God and others is a huge part of this as well. And um, I mean, have a look at this, because blame blame keeps wounds open, but forgiveness heals. Apparently, an anonymous person said that, so I don't know whether we can believe it or not. But blame keeps wounds open. The more we blame, the more our wounds are kept open. Only forgiveness heals. But forgiveness is a choice. Isn't it? Yeah. It's a choice. You have to choose to forgive. It's not an option in the Bible. It's not an option, but it is a choice. I think, however, it can be a journey. I don't think sometimes it's as easy as, right, I've forgiven, that's it, it's all gone. And it's important because should we, if, you know, bit by bit, Jesus will lead us down that journey at times. There will be times when it's really, really super hard to forgive. But it's important that we do make the choice, because if we refuse to forgive, then that's where our own relationship with God suffers as much as other people, or the other persons as well, actually, Um, leads down to all sorts of other issues. But God knows where you are at right now, and this is the wonderful bit of the gospel. Jesus meets us where we are, okay? And he never leaves us in that place. He never goes, well, you have to be there before anything else happens. So he knows your wounds. He knows that the pain that others have inflicted in your hearts. He knows how you're feeling, and it does break his heart, how you're feeling with those issues. And he passionately wants to do something about it. He really wants to lead every single one of us into a place where we can forgive, let go, and release this pain to him and receive our healing. Because forgiving others does bring healing to our hearts. And it's a major, major gift to us from God. I once spoke to a person who had a, I don't know how old he was, probably 25, 26. And he was in love with this girl, absolutely massively in love. And she didn't feel the same at all. It wasn't me and my wife, this one. Um, And and she just had nothing. She didn't want anything to do with him. And I said, we had this conversation, and um, I I said, uh, it came apparent that you had some resentment towards her. And I said, you need to forgive her. And he goes, oh, I have, I've definitely forgiven her. I've definitely forgiven this girl. And I said, are you you sure I didn't sound like it to me? Are you sure? He said, yeah, I mean, how would I know if I hadn't? Anyway, how do I know if I've not forgiven her? I said, well, really, if you've definitely forgiven her, you'll know because you'll be able to pray for her You'll be able to want the best for her. You'll be able to pray that God blesses her. And you'll be happy when she's in a relationship with another man. Oh, that went down well. (laughs) That went down really well. So he conceded that he hadn't properly forgiven this woman yet. Um, But he he made his breakthroughs in that. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those situations where it is a journey sometimes and that's where things are at with forgiveness. Can I have my lightsaber, please? We're going to have an illustration here. Steve, are you ready? Steve is going to wound me. (laughs) You naughty man. Right, okay. Are you ready for this? (laughs) I am not ready for this. (laughs) This is not good. Right then. Now, be very careful with this. Steve, that that, is there. Come at me and say something nasty. Come on. Take Take me on. <laughs> Didn't mean that mean. <laughs> Alright. I'm wounded now. On many levels, you could say. This is the illustration part of it. Okay. So I'm wounded. Now what part of me is being wounded right now? If you like. What or what is doing the wounded? Apart from the comment, which I wasn't expecting. It's the, the lightsabers doing the wounding. Are we all in agreement? The bit they're bit they sticking out my back. The handle here is going to form the point of the for the illustrator purposes of a grudge that I'm now holding against Steve. Does that make sense? Yes? Now how close can our relationship get if I'm not holding a grudge against him? No, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't. Andy, do you want to come up here? Now this is interesting. You didn't even know this was gonna happen. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm now holding this grudge. Now, I've got a wound and so I can go around now. I'm not operating very well at all. Because having a wound and having and holding a grudge a lot of the time stops me operating in relationships with a lot of people, not necessarily. You're doing a good acting job there. Not necessarily just one person. And I've seen this in action. You, can, you don't have to stay on the stage. No, it's all right, you two, you can get down. I need to get someone else up there. do a great job. Thank you very much. The grudge is in the way. Who's hurting the most in this situation, however? I am. And she really hurts. Yes. Some issues there. Right. (laughs) Not just me, actually, because we look biblically into this. There's some issues there which we can say is what you bind on earth is bound in heaven and all the rest of it. So we could look actually. There are some issues there that I need to deal with for Steve's sake as well. But this grudge is in the way. And I can pray like a good evangelical Christian, God heal this hurt. Do you want to come up, Jesus? <laughs> this, is as, this is as close as I could get. <laughs> heal my hurt. Heal my. No, no, no. It's just, just trying oh. to minister to it. It's here. This is where it hurts. This is where it hurts. What's going on now? Jesus is having a struggle with healing my hurt. Why is Jesus having a struggle healing this hurt? I'm holding, I'm holding fire to this. It's, I mean, even with this gaping wound here, and Jesus is as good as he is, this is going to be pretty hard to heal, all right? It's just not doing the job. Now, does Jesus want to heal this wound? He's really in the mood, or she on this occasion, but he's really in the mood to do that. But it, it, I, it's just not happening because I'm not giving Jesus access to this wound. Does that make sense? I'm holding this grudge at the moment and he's gonna take a while to overcome this, you're ugly thing, but... You know? There we go. I'm glad you all find it funny. I thought this was gonna be a real serious one today. Right. So, I, I need to forgive, right? Do we all agree? Because I can't really live very long with this lightsaber sticking at me back. It's not doing me a good job. So I can try my hardest to take it out. And sometimes I do an all right job at forgiving others. Yep. But sometimes it is like, I was going to say Thor's hammer, but that might not be a reference everyone gets. But sometimes it's difficult, yes. So sometimes it's something which I can't pick up. Something is difficult for me to take it out. It's too heavy. It's too difficult for me to grab this. Now, thankfully, we've got a secret superpower living inside of us. Do you know who that is, people? Very good. We've got, and actually, more to the point, Jesus, the most absolutely forgiving person that's ever existed, lives inside of us. So I can ask and trust Jesus for help to take this grudge out. Look at that. Didn't he do a good job, Jesus? (laughs) And at that point... And that point, as I invite Jesus to take that and trust Jesus with that grudge, I can let Jesus do all the heavy lifting. Amen? Because he lives inside of us. He's the one that wants to live inside of us. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Listen now. Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, by trusting in the Son of God. By trusting. A lot of the Christian life we cannot do by ourselves. A lot of the time we need to invite Jesus to actually get involved with the stuff that we're going through. It's the whole thing of I cannot, but you can. It's trusting Jesus in the bits that we can't do. If you're going to take anything from this, take that. Trust Jesus with the things in life that you can't do because there's a lot of things in life that we can't do. Trust him with it. Jesus is far better at forgiving than we are. He will do the forgiving inside of us. All we do is we give him the permission to get working on those that have offended us and we allow Jesus access into those hurts. It is trust. Trust, trust, not try, try, try in all of the things that we've discussed.